Welcome into Inside LAFC Podcast. I am Max Bretos and the bearer of good news, as you all saw, LAFC are through to the conference semifinals, beating the Vancouver Whitecaps in two games. So this week we will welcome in the radio voice of LAFC, the one and only, you know him, you love him, Dave Denholm, to recap what we saw with the Whitecaps. And then Dave is going to stick around. It has been the one-year anniversary of LAFC winning MLS Cup. We will relive that incredible day at BMO Stadium. And then we'll give you our top three moments from 2022 that helped shape the season and helped LAFC lift the trophy. We encourage you as well to provide your top moments from 2022. Leave it in the comments section. Reach out to us on our social media handles so you can be part of the conversation as well. Great show coming your way. Dave Denholm, Inside LAFC Podcast, starts right now. And we are ready to go. As you can see, I'm very well accompanied by the one and only radio voice of LAFC, Dave Denholm, Talk Soccer on X, Twitter, and social media. Great to see you, Dave. How was uh, how was the call? You too, Max. Thank you. Uh, yeah, you know, it was a tough one. It certainly was uh, not an easy uh, ride through Vancouver. It never is, really, for LAFC. So just happy to get out of there with the win, get it behind us, and move on. We will talk about that. Also, just a reminder, we are going to look back at the one-year anniversary of LAFC winning MLS Cup, uh, November 5th, 2022. It should be etched in your memory. Dave and I will give us, we'll give you our top three moments from the 2022 season, excluding MLS Cup. We invite you to get involved. Leave a comment here if you're watching on YouTube or reach out to us on our social media. What was your favorite moment of 2022? What was the most influential moment? We will cross-reference them. We'll uh, we'll see because I'm sure it's a very long list, Dave. Because we already went over our list and we had different we had different lists completely. Sure. So you're we're doing excluding MLS Cup the final. We're right? doing excluding like, MLS Cup. That's above and beyond winning that, obviously. Right. So it's just yeah. Indeed. So well, you can get involved too. And we look forward to that. So let's talk about the uh, Vancouver series. Uh, I'm sure everyone when it. We, we saw the matchup, and we heard Steve Chirundolo say this, too. Someone asked him at a press conference, is it hard to get excited about a team you just played on decision day, a team that you've played four times before the postseason? And he was like, yeah, you know, it's a, it's, it's, it's a little hard to get up, but we will do it. And clearly they did, and they got up for this, this matchup, which was huge for Vancouver. The second leg, much was made of the record attendance that they were going to have opening the upper bowl. And in the end, LAFC, very professional looking. I mean, they really took care of it in that first leg. There were some nervous moments uh, in the first half, but then coming down and stamping it down and getting five goals, which was the back end of a stretch where they scored, I think, 15 goals over four games. They were, for all the times, Dave, and you called all these games where there's frustration with not scoring goals, it seemed like the lid came off. It definitely. And look, it's not as simple as this, but they're rested. And it's not just that, but it makes a huge difference. They've played over 50 games, Max. They've played a, a ton of games. We saw it last season. No disrespect to Seattle. They got the job done in the Champions League final. They won. But they didn't even make the playoffs after that, after that run. Now, we made the same run in terms of how many games we played. And yet, third in the West, you know, you could argue 
you can't really argue we did we deserved lower than that certainly we were probably the second best team in the western conference all, all year realistically but full credit to seattle for for uh binking that at the end but it's just been an amazing run for as many games they played but they're rested now and and look here's the bottom line vancouver's on the rise they are they're a good team really good yeah. really well built coached really tough i honestly thought this was the toughest first round matchup that lafc could run into so to get it done like they did and i'll, I'll go back even to game one because people are talking about game two from the vancouver side of course you're going to complain about the referees and the call i get it they didn't score for 135 minutes of that series because lafc shut them out in the second half at home now it was 2-2 at halftime very back and forth you got to applaud you kind of applaud vancouver for actually going out and playing on the road which i liked it fed into our hands though and we started dominating after halftime of that i think whatever steve said at halftime of the first first game was must have been perfect because after that they of course shut them out and outscored them four nils so they fully deserve to beat vancouver vancouver's not as good as us but they're a good team so it was a nice it was a nice uh, two matches and you knew it was going to be difficult up there on that turf I'm glad you said about the Whitecaps. I had a chance to see them, and I, I'm excited. I like the Whitecaps. I like Vanny. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, uh, some Ryan Gold, Brian White are guys that you would say, hey, they could play for a lot of uh, MLS sure. clubs. And you, you, you kind of, in the in the big picture of the West, you kind of pull for them. I, I, I the, the point that you also made about how Vancouver have a gripe, they do in the second leg. Obviously, everything kind of went against them. The penalty that Mario Gonzalez won, I, I, I imagine if – that happened to LAFC in reverse. We would be in an uproar. The collision with the referee, Tim Ford. But none of that in any way takes away the fact that I'm confident that the best team advanced and this is no. the way it went. And they, they did it in two games. Not everyone's going to clean house here in two games. And for some reason, if it went to three games, and we'd be confident and the sports books would agree that LAFC should get through. So I, I can understand that part of it. But LAFC yeah. proved they won two different ways, grinding it out on the road, uh, didn't lose in three games in Vancouver. That's incredible when you think of it, the home field advantage they have. And then just doing it with flair with those five goals in the first leg. LAFC really delivered up. It's, but i got to ask you, have you seen any? I, I'm, I'm trying to recall the times when a referee collided with a player, and usually they'll stop the play. In this case, they didn't. From what I understand, that is, that is sometimes up to the referee. Uh, but yeah, it's it not was about the ball. Security. When the ball yeah. hits the referee, they have to stop. Yes. When the ball hits the referee. That's been the new thing. They stop it. But it, So I was a little confused on that at first. And then I realized, yeah, it wasn't the ball that actually ran into him. Like, he didn't stop. The referee did not stop the ball. He, And quite frankly, the referee was in good position. It happens. It wasn't He's got to be there. That's exactly where he wants to be. He wants to be behind the goal to see if there's exactly. anything going on. Vancouver would be complaining if he was out of position and missed a call. The other, you know, So he was in fine position. I didn't – I mean – Honestly, I, I thought the penalty was on Veselinovich, not so much Tristan Blackman. People were saying, oh, Blackman got the ball. He got – well, yeah, but Veselinovich tripped him up. I mean, I, I've seen far less given for penalties. And once the penalty's called, again, VAR is a joke. You know me, Max. I'm anti-VAR. But they can't change that call. It's not clear and obvious. If he probably would have called it a non-penalty, they probably wouldn't have changed it to a penalty, frankly, because it wasn't clear and obvious. So he made the call. It's a tough call. Here's the thing, Vancouver. He didn't score. Now there is a pathway score for a long time. Yeah, there is a pathway in these playoffs to win a game without scoring. We know that penalties, right? You know, after ninety plus minutes. But when you don't score, you open yourself up to get beat. I mean, that's just the bottom line. If you can't score, 
you're in deep trouble and you're probably going to lose 99 times out of 100. So again, full credit to LAFC for getting the job done. I don't, I don't just say that lightly. As you said, I'm, that's a tough place to go and to get that kind of result. When Vancouver's, you know, backs are against the wall, they must win. They have to, you know, and to do that when Vancouver was under that pressure. And to their credit, I thought it was a very good 1-0 game. Really great saves from both keepers, good defense from both teams a lot of times, some good offense. You know, there were some chances. So it was pretty much just a great playoff game against two good teams, and the better team just happened to squeak by. LAFC using their depth. Uh, we saw that. You mentioned getting the rest, and they, they're they're healthy. You saw Kellen Acosta come back into the lineup where you could circle back Matty Bogush. Uh, just a quick comment here before we move forward about who stood out. I, I love that Timothy Tillman was able to move forward, play a different yes. role, and do it very well. That just is another wrinkle for this team that shows how dangerous they're going to be. Denny Bowanga is is just so consistently spectacular getting those big goals and continuing, even though it was a penalty, but being involved regularly, there were some great counterattacks and the transition play, which we knew would be key when they let Vancouver play would be good. I would close it and you can, you can pick some other people or you could agree. And I'm sure you, that we'll have some similar uh, ground that we cover here, but uh, Maxime Crapo against his former club, there were some boo birds there as well. Being able to make what four or five excellent stops to secure that clean sheet and LAFC's passage to the next round. Yeah, I, I was going to say Maxine for sure. I think Aaron Long played phenomenally this game too. Nothing against Jesus Mario and the rest of the defense. They all did great. You get a shutout in the playoffs on the road. But I think Aaron had some really just minor things, little things that you might not catch, or maybe they happened earlier in the game. You don't remember them, but things where he was he he was so sharp defensively. And spot on and had to be because Vancouver is a tough team, especially getting forward on counterattacks. And and I thought he played great as well. So I wanted to single him out a little bit. Not single him out because nobody played poorly. You can't you can't play poorly in Vancouver and get a result. But yeah, Aaron Long was really very good, especially Max when they're rotating. You know, he didn't start the first match in this series. Uh, you know, it's it so people say, well, he's got a lot of rest. Yeah, but you know, you they are rotating enough to keep everybody fresh, but sometimes, you know, you got to get back into it and stay sharp and kudos to the guys. Yeah. Yeah. Came in, you know, even Kellen Acosta who was, you know, had a little bit of an injury issue late in the year. He looked really good in this match and that's tough. You know, when they're not necessarily, you're not always in the store, haven't always been in the starting lineup necessarily every match lately for whatever reason, they still did a great job. I love the Aaron Long uh, point out because, you know, I think people are going, hey, where's Aaron Long? And it's just Mario and Chiellini are starting this first game, and that's uh, yeah. that's the best fit. And they switched here, and it could be Chiellini Long whenever the next game rolls up, which we'll talk about here. But uh, it just goes to short. Aaron Long is still a world-class defender, and to be able to bring him in in a rotation of three is incredible luxury that LFC will have. We will have yeah. two and a half games here. Uh, sorry, Dave, you want to mention that about uh, Aaron? I was even going to say, you know, like Daniel Maldonado hasn't been playing much lately. But I said it all year with Mario, our, our producer Mario Reyes on the radio broadcast. Whoever started at center back was like, oh, okay, they're starting tonight. Who cares? You know, that's great. They're all True. like, they're all, they're all playing well. It's like, it, there was no concern. I mean, when I'm, oh, I'm looking at the starting 11. Uh oh, Mario, look who's in the center back spot. He's drunk. It's like, okay, they're playing great. You know, and I mean, I don't have any problem with, whoever Steve has put out there, quite frankly. So you're right. It's a luxury. That is a great word for it. And you're going to tighten <laughs> up your rotation. You know, yeah. Daniel's a luxury guy. 
He played yeah. well in this Champions League run. He be by necessity because injuries. That that he's not going to play, but he's there. A fourth, a really good fourth center back is. Uh, it is, is funny, rare. Though, air. When you look at it, yeah. When I study, you know, as I study for games, the longer the season went on, real quick, Matt, Max, with so many games we were playing in other competitions. If you looked at the MLS stats, even. Oh, everybody got a lot of time for the, I'm talking the top 15, 16 guys, you know, of course. So he, Steve has done a masterful job of that because you look at Sergey Palencia, even before and after the injury, which was not an insignificant injury. He missed a lot of time. Yeah, he got a lot of games, you know, everybody played a lot. They're sharp and yet they're still fresh, which is probably uh, bad news for everybody else in MLS, if I'm being honest. And they're going to be, LAFC is going to be really fresh here because it's going to be two and a half weeks between games. The conference semifinals will take place the weekend of November 25th or 26th. Date TBD, time TBD, uh, the week after Thanksgiving there, just to give you an idea of what we're waiting for. And that's because of this international week, which we'll talk a little bit. Some LAFC players will be on international duty as well. Uh, no complaints because everyone wants about the international break to be honored and MLS is doing that and think about it. If they didn't Buanga, Kiki Oliveira and others unavailable for LFC. So this is the right choice. It's just the way the schedule is. We'll, we'll talk touch on that a little bit. It's going to be a long wait that can't benefit LAFC, but, uh, we have confidence in Steve Trindolo and the coaching staff to keep those guys sharp. They'll have a little time off and then they'll ramp it up. I'm sure a couple weeks before the matchup ends. In the playoffs, Sporting Kansas City knocked out St. Louis City. That is significant because if LAFC can get to a Western final, they will host it at BMO Stadium. Now, they could host a conference semi, and I'm curious your preference. I know it sounds crazy to say that, Dave, but you're a historian of this team, and I'm sure um, you would. there's some interesting uh, options here. So FC Dallas, who have played Seattle very well, they're going to play Friday night. You can see that on MLS Season Pass on Apple TV. Tune in so we can... Do a little scouting on your own. FC Dallas wins, and I think they have a shot because they played very well in the first leg in Seattle. That would be at BMO Stadium. If Seattle wins, which is expected, it would be up there at Lumen Field. And I know we all want to play at home, and I do too. But the prospect of playing L Seattle LAFC with the history from 2019, 2020, where they knocked LAFC out both years, uh, I know from the neutrals, I know the folks at the MLS offices are licking their chops. To me, that would be one of the biggest games in MLS playoff history, full stop. I don't disagree, but I disagree with who I want. And I'll, not for the reasons <laughs> you might think. Here's, here's the bottom line. I respect what you said, and it is, I think you're right with what you're saying. No, no doubt. The only reason I would want to play Dallas is not just that it's at home, which it is. It's not on the turf. And I just, that Seattle turf is horrible. I'm sorry. I know the Seattle Sounders fans think they created soccer. You cannot be taking all that seriously as a massive club when you're turf. Like, first of all, okay, turf is bad enough, right? We, we can all agree on that. We'd rather have grass. But I understand. It's, there's certain, I get it. Portland's turf, I, I know Sounders fans are going to hate me for this, much more playable than the Seattle turf, Max. Seattle turf is like bouncing around like the seventies NASL turf. I'm sorry. Yeah. It is. I don't, it changes the, the, the Vancouver game. turf Vancouver is kind of like that too. Yeah. Kind of in the middle of Portland and Seattle. Yeah. It's, it's not good, but at least in Portland, it looks like a real game, if you will. Sometimes, you know, there's some bounces occasionally, 
but Seattle's is like bouncing around. I'm sorry. It's like playing with a, a rubber ball up there. And I, and there's no excuse. They, they earned the second seed and now they're the top seed in the West that's remaining. If you got to go up there, you just got to take care of business. And we have before. So I'm not saying it's not, I just don't want to play on the turf for other, you know, injury, possibly you know, everything. It's all adds up for me. Yes, of course, I'd rather play at home anyway, but I don't think Dallas is any easier of an opponent. That's not the reasoning. It's just being at home in front of the 3252 and not being on that turf in Seattle. But I think yeah, both I'm... teams are just as tricky. You know what I mean? I really do. I think Dallas, certainly either one of them could beat us. I mean, there's no doubt about that. And yet I, I would think we're the favorite, probably not the favorite in most people's minds if you had to travel to Seattle, but we're the favorite in terms of where these teams are at so to speak. I don't think there's any doubt LAFC is the favorite now in the West. Take that. LAFC's played, yeah. LAFC's played well in Seattle last couple of years. So I don't think yeah. there's that. Absolutely. Other than the turf, which, other than the turf just, which is a very good point. And yeah, uh, it just looks different. I, it's tougher to, you know, it's those little bounces. Now, again, and we just played in Vancouver a few times. Maybe they'll be a little more used to it if they had to go to Seattle. That's fine too. Uh, but yeah, it's just not, you know, let's just keep it to the friendly confines and get, that's get a, the that's 3252 a lot of, in there. It's a lot of wear and tear on the legs to do turf back to back, even though there's going to be a gap there. Uh, I, I, I agree with you. FC Dallas, I, if, if Dallas beats Seattle, don't start cheering too much. Cause that's a very no. good team. And if they beat Seattle, that means they have intent to get through. But the idea that LAFC could, after this season, when you mentioned how the Sounders made a CCL final and they didn't make the playoffs, Toronto made a CCL final, they didn't make the playoffs, and then LAFC can make the playoffs and potentially host two home games in the semis and the conference final would be incredible. So we, yeah. we can sit and wait. So everyone enjoy that game on Friday, and then we'll we'll circle back and discuss a little bit later. Uh, the, your thoughts on the international break, Dave? Uh, it's it's obviously not a great time. It's it's going to be tough. There's going to be some critics about MLS about the way they have their season. But to me, to sit down and honor it across the board is the right the right thing. And now the only question is, and we'll talk about the players are heading off, make sure everyone gets back healthy because that would compromise uh, LAFC's season if anything happened to our guys. Yeah, my whole thing in this is you're 100% right. You cannot play through this window. They've done it before, sadly. They have. Times. And that, no, you can't do it anymore. This league is too too advanced for that. Too many great players, too many people that are relied on for their international teams. It just it, You can't do it during the playoffs. Here's the thing. If you want leagues, raise your hand. That's me. Uh, you, you have to stretch out the season this much. You know what I mean, Max? Like We could finish probably before this international window if you don't have leagues come. But – I want Leeds Cup. It was tremendous. We all liked it. We all loved it, fell in love with it. So I think in that sense, you just have to play it out till, you know, early December, which is pretty much what they've done throughout the history of MLS last year, being the exception with the World Cup, obviously being crammed up into the uh, crammed into the winter. So that made a difference. But so I, I there's just not much else they can do. That's the bottom line. And I don't think. You know, if you're going to take three weeks off around the time of the Champions League final, like early in the season, I think it could really affect the team. I don't think there's going to be too much of an effect. I mean, look, there might be a little rust in the first few minutes, but after the season, as long as it is for all these teams, when you make it that far or make it this far as, you know, the teams that will be in the in these uh, final games, I, I can't imagine there's going to be too much rust, no matter how much time you've had off. I think it's much more important to be healthy in my estimation, even the little nagging injuries that we don't, you know, that don't necessarily keep a guy out. 
but maybe they're completely healed from them because of this break, you know, things like that, where they're not going to miss the game, but they're going to be, now they're going to maybe be at a hundred percent rather than 85 or 80%. I think it's just that far supersedes like worrying about if a team's a little rusty in the first, you know, I, I don't think it would last throughout a whole match anyway. And you know, yeah. Don't use it as an excuse. Bottom line, you got to go win. No. So I think this well, is fine. It's the best you can do. Let's put it that way. It's the best you can do with this international window, which is not going anywhere. I don't think, I think this no, is, it's a, not. This is yeah, look, this is important. Uh, USA, CONCACAF is playing in Nations League to qualify yeah. for Copa America. So that's big. Everywhere else, it's World Cup qualifying. I'll give you the list. There's five players hitting out and three big ones. Obviously, um, we'll talk Stipe Buke, who it's it, he's not playing for LFC. He's a young player, but he's going to play for the under-21 Euro qualifiers. That's important yeah. for him and his country. Uh, Daniel Maldonado, Nations League against Mexico. So he is going to be involved there. Uh, Maxime yeah. Crepeau for the Nations League, probably not going to play, but I get the feeling he's closer to that number one shirt for Canada than he was obviously six months ago, a year ago, even two weeks ago. Uh, Canada yeah. has games against Jamaica. Uh, home and away, or away and home. He's not going to play, but he's there. Now, the two big ones, um, obviously, Crepo is going to be gone. That's big. But Denny Buanga and Kike Oliveira, not only because they're playing World Cup qualifiers, but they're going pretty far. Uh, yeah. Buanga is going to play for Gabon against Kenya on the 16th and November 21st. So keep in mind, November 21st, we're talking about games to 25th and 26th. So you would hope maybe they play the 26th to give him an extra day. And then Olivera, Argentina, he plays and he's played for Uruguay. He has played in Euro Uruguay, Cup qualifiers. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. This is it. against Argentina, their big rivals in Buenos Aires and Lionel Messi on November 16th, and then Bolivia in Uruguay the 21st. So Ooh, that's in uh, Uruguay. Well, at least you don't have to go to those La Paz. long trips, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At least you don't have to play at that La Paz 12,500 no. feet, right? Like you won't actually have to run around in that. So uh, that's such a home field advantage for Bolivia, but uh, yeah, it's it's very it's very good point. Uh, you know, as long as uh, Denise, you know, Gabon teammates don't get a red card in the tenth minute and get him sent, you know, him essentially taken off the match. What a waste that was, right? But what a shame that was. But again, he handled it so well, and that's just international duty sometimes. But boy, does he recover from those trips, Max? Like I'm, look, I'm an old man, okay, but whew, you, you take a trip like that and he can just jump right back in like he did time and time again for LAFC I mean uh, I'm expecting him to do it again which is difficult but yeah I think he'll be fine I think they come back he'll probably be back by about the 22nd I believe don't quote me on that I don't know if officially what his travel plans are but at least still a few days in advance of any game so that's good news but yeah and you wouldn't want to be playing these kind of playoff games without these guys that's just would be no. ridiculous absolutely no those, those three guys without him they're not probably they're not going to advance they need all three of those um but it's not even we'll fair see. i mean other teams would be missing players too but that just takes away sure. from the actual who's the best team we're trying to figure out the good thing about this best of three I, i'm not going to uh, get too far deep into this match but a lot of people didn't like it the re one of the many reasons i liked it was it really the better team is probably going to win 95 percent of the time with the best of three realistically i know upsets happen in sports and rightfully so but it's time, you know, you can let those happen in the next rounds, you know, the tougher games and the teams who deserve to be there. Okay, if upsets happen. But these best of threes, the better teams are getting through. It, it looks that way, certainly. Certainly in this yeah. first year that they've done it recently. 
And with the exception of the LAFC game, the game twos were better than the game ones. The game twos were well attended, uh, exciting conclusions. So we'll see that. And there's a few game threes. We'll get to it. Uh, hopefully everyone comes back. Denny says he's going to score for Gabon. Hopefully he qualifies for the World Cup or gets close to it with Gabon. And we'll see oh, uh, how well these guys. Yeah. yeah, we'll be pulling for them. But hey, a, a lot to, to absorb. And we still have the anniversary to uh, reflect on. November 5th. You, we were both there at the stadium. We won't forget it. We'll talk a little bit about that when we return on Inside LAFC Podcast. And Dave and I will give us our top three moments of 2022 that we're able to position LAFC to lift MLS Cup. You ready, Dave? Yes, sir. All right. That'll be next when we return on Inside LAFC Podcast. Dave Denholm joining us. Rate, review, download, subscribe, tell a friend. We'll be right back. Sanchez on that far side, LAFC trailing 3-2. Tiki dragging into the end line. Palacios keeps it in play. To Bayo in the middle. Goal! Gareth Bale has tied it up! Gareth Bale has tied it up! It's 3-3! Jump for LA Football Club, Ole! Ole! I saw your clip again this week. Uh, with Mark Rogan, Dino, Sarah Takata in the background, everyone celebrating yeah. after the Christian Bale goal. It was so uh, Gareth Bale. I can't believe I said Christian Bale. Gareth Bale. I figured that we passed that uh, at one point. The one-year anniversary of MLS Cup, and we were just absolutely elated. Uh, it was the greatest. And I've covered a lot of sports. I've been to a lot of sports, all kinds of sports. I've been to two Florida State national title games. Nothing compares to what we saw uh, that day at BMO Stadium. And look, what happened that day, we can make a list on our own. I'm, yes. Whether it's Carlos Vela lifting the trophy, obviously the bail goal, the penalty shootout, it's endless. And we saw the videos on Apple TV about this. They, Will Ferrell said that he, he couldn't make a Hollywood script out of it because it'd be thrown <laughs> out because it would be too contrived, which sure, is sure. so very true. But we're going to do a list of the top three moments from 2022. Just quickly, your reflection about that game, uh, something that has stayed with you a year later. Uh, that game, what stays with me is not just the way it went. It, it was the whole atmosphere. And I know we talk about it a lot. Certainly, BMO Stadium is one of the great home field advantages in MLS and the crowd of the 32-52. Fantastic it was just even to the next level that day, which I didn't think was possible really for as good as those crowds are always. It was just at a different level. It wasn't Max where some, you know, the Super Bowl where no real fan gets in or not many, you know what I mean? These were the diehards who had to be there, you know, no matter what, I guess I'm sure they paid more money for this, the, the privilege of being in them. Kudos to them. Everybody was like edge of your seat great crowd just crackling it, i could feel the intensity and that's really what sticks with me and another little personal note is once we won mark rogandino at the time of the last season before he went on at apple tv with you uh, he was doing the post game you know halftime pregame so i was able to just take off the head i went right down to the pitch and was hugging everybody we were all celebrating. I know you know, you were, and it, I got a chance to do a video right when, when Carlos hoisted the trophy. I was standing 
not too far away. And in some shots, you can actually see me over there um, just by myself, just recording it on my phone after we'd all celebrated for a while. This is when he's hoisting the trophy, the confetti. Oh, it was amazing. Just amazing. So you're right. That would take up the top 50 moments of 2022. <laughs> let's be honest. That game yeah. itself and that whole buildup to that, that day. Truly spectacular. You know, I was on the field when uh, Tom Brady lost the 17-0 and to the Giants in the Super Bowl. Oh, uh, wow. The confetti was falling. I ran onto it right after the end of the game to go do interviews on the field. And not even close to this. This MLS Cup 2022 is just in a league of its own. Just uh, truly. It was an amazing day. Yeah. The David Tyree game. Yes, that's right. Yeah, all and right. The 17-0. New England Patriots, yeah. So we'll, we'll go through our list. And, and just to close, that to, for Carlos Vela, who's been here from the beginning, to see him lift that trophy, that trumped everything for me. That was just amazing. And it was like almost the, the proof of concept from the beginning that he said he was going to win trophies, and he did. It was very special. And sharing that moment with you and so many people on the field. I have a photo with you uh, as well, so I yeah. will cherish that forever. But let us get into this, our top three moments for 2022 that made it all possible We'll go from three to one in any order. These these are going to be a little – we might grab you by surprise. We've already shared them. We want you to get involved. If you're watching on YouTube, leave your favorite moment of 2022 or most important moment, and uh, we will see uh, what comes out to the top. I'm going to start with my number three. You'll do three, two, two, one, one. Sure. My number three is a loss. Uh, it goes back to uh, August 22nd when Austin beat LAFC, blew the doors off the black and gold four to one. And it was a it was a dark moment. And Steve Chirino said the guys didn't even play today. He was upset. And talking to him afterwards, and he wanted to 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 use that as that platform to spring forward. And boy, did they do it because they never even came close. They barely lost. And they just were able to really galvanize and build that team, get new players, and begin that process to be to hit every target they wanted to hit. Supporter Shield, Western Conference Final, MLS Cup, and I—I'm I, a believer. Maybe it is cliche with sports, but to to kind of almost hit a bottom to see what is required, and to me that makes that game very important. And I love watching it because Austin, when you look at it, Austin looks like they have it all figured out, but they didn't. LAFC yeah. were plotting all the way. That's a great choice because uh, we've had worse score lines, I guess theoretically. You know, some games that were. On the score, you know, Atlanta United back in the opening season. But that was the worst performance I think I've seen out of LAFC, maybe in the six seasons now, now that we've included this season. And yet, like you say, they bounced right back. I mean, that's what that's the difference, right? Uh, they didn't have many of those last season, but when it did happen, they they turned it around. And that's that's the, the true championship team because in MLS, look, this isn't the Premier League where Man City and Liverpool and all, you know, the three or four teams, you're going to take a trouncing every now and again. You're going to get beat up every now and again. That's just the way MLS is. It's how you respond. And you're right, Max. It's a great call because they did respond. And that's all that they matters. did. But it was, that's why I made the list. If they didn't respond, <laughs> they didn't respond. It's not on there. Not that day. Yeah, not that day. That's for sure. That was, it was you know, if it wasn't the worst performance LAFC's put in, it was right up there. And we can laugh about it now because, again, they played incredible all last season winning the supporter shield my number three is the first is the goal by gareth bale against rsl and now some people say well bale didn't do that much it what it did was it first of all showed you who he really was still 
because there were some questions of is he going to stay healthy? Is he, you know, is he past it, if you will? Like, can he, can he really give you much? I mean, he just blew by our RSL's defense and no shame in that. I'm not trying to pick on them, but he, he just, you still saw at what a level he was at, which is above who he was playing. No, again, no disrespect. It's just Gareth Bale, one of the best of all time. And it allowed me to think, okay, we can still get something out of this guy. No doubt about it. Right. He's still going to be able to, I didn't know he was going to do what he did in the MLS cup final, but that's why I pick it as my, one of my favorite moments because we did see that, you know, we did see his kind of just his class as they always say class is permanent. And he just, he's at a different level and he, when it, when it needed it, when we needed it, he was there. And that kind of showed me where he was physically even in that RSL game. Now, again, I know he didn't play every minute by any means, you know, like, but he had enough and I knew he was going to have enough once I saw that. So that was my third favorite moment. Oh, I love it. I remember him ripping past Justin Glad. Again, all due respect to Justin Glad, who's one of the highest paid oh, defenders Glad, in the league. Player. He did not know what hit him. He did not he did. know what hit him. And like, there was nothing he could do about it. That's when you know, in every sport, you know, Max, you've covered all these sports. That's when you know somebody's at a different level. The great players around them who are playing against them, there's just nothing they can do about it, right? Like, there's nothing yeah. you can do about Lionel Messi if he decides he's going to score right there. You know, like, if he's on his game and he's at his highest level, you just can't do anything about it. I mean, then that's that's what Gareth Bale did, that goal. He was just at a different level. My number two, I'll, I'll, it, perfect. It'll go plug right into Gareth Bale. And we, we, we got this internal email that this was going to happen. I was like, all right, this is – and I'm like, this can't be real. Does that say Gareth Bale? All right. And then it also had Giorgio Chiellini on this. And we're like, this is this is an April Fool's trick. So uh, we got that and then the realization that they were going to come. And I, my number two is the Gareth Bale uh, introductory press conference, which was in July. And I got to MC that. And I'm like, you know, nervous because it's like, who's who is there? And then this is Gareth Bale. You're, you're shaking his hand in the back. Oh, welcome to the club. And it was, you know, you're sitting there going, this is this is what Manchester United or Real Madrid do, or David Beckham, sure. at, you know, watching his documentary. This is what happens with players like that and clubs like that. So it was very surreal. And then, just to sort of put it into a, a, a bigger scope, Giorgio Chiellini had a press conference, those two, and then they were both at the games, and they did the shalalas, and the teams were hitting with the water, and... They were just galvanizing. They had been in L.A. for hours, and they yeah. both had that moment in separate games. But it culminated with the Gareth Bale um, press press conference. And then, you know, obviously it was tough to get him into the lineup, but he was there. And then obviously it ended as best as it possibly could. But we had all these the, – that summer market was unbelievable with Chiellini – Bale, uh, Seba Mendez, who played great at the World Cup, Christian Teo, who was there. Just yeah. to hear all these names roll in was like, this is this is fantasy. This is science yeah. fiction, but it was real. <laughs> and it was all circled around because the Gareth Bale thing. That I mean, that is going to be very rare to ever see something like that. It was great to be part of it. Yeah, that was worldwide, no doubt. And it, it kind of reminds me to – I try to tell people this sometimes. Even, you know, fans of the club uh, – Here's the thing. Just realize how big we really are because Gareth Bale is not going to Brighton 
No disrespect to Brighton. I love Brighton. He's not, there's no chance. He can't go there. Like it's never going to happen, right? He's never going to Newcastle. Sorry at that point. He's never going to, and these are great clubs. He's never going to Bayer Leverkusen at that point, right? But he'll come to LAFC. And again, I know it's not just a football thing. I'm not trying to, like, I, I get it. But that's some of the power we have. That's the ability we have to go out and get players, you know. And it and it's it, it's the case for a few MLS clubs, quite frankly, you know. And uh, and that's a as an amazing thing, especially for a club that's in its sixth season. So it just reminds us how good we have it, really. And I think that's a good point, Max. And that's what you're, that's really what you're t- saying. And like getting guys like that, getting all those guys, just tremendous. My number two is the game at SoFi against Club America. Now this one's a little more personal. Wasn't a great game, let's be honest. Nil-nil, it was fine. But broadcasting from there was amazing. That stadium is ridiculous. The crowd was awesome, you know, with the double header, of course. There was Chivas, LA Galaxy first, and then we played Club America. Just a great night. I loved it. And there's not much more to say about it than that in the sense of I don't remember what happened in the game much. I mean, it wasn't that really wasn't important on that on that level. That was the the League's Cup showcase. It was amazing playing in, in SoFi and broadcasting there for myself. Okay, let's go to the number ones. Drum roll, please. Uh, my number one, October the 2nd, Portland Timbers versus LAFC. It was the penultimate regular season game. Remember, LAFC stubbed their toe against Nashville, so they had to get that result to secure the supporter shield and home field advantage. They did it. 95th minute, Denny Buwanga going at the Portland defense scoring the goal, and then the rest is history because if that goal doesn't happen, Dave, in all likelihood, the dominoes don't yeah. fall. Uh, we don't – the MLS Cup at the very least is probably in Philadelphia, and who knows what happens. That goal set the table for everything that we were about to see. So, I mean, that – it wasn't a playoff game, but, boy, it sure felt like one. Yeah, it was one of my favorite plays to call, too. Denny, Denny, Denny. Uh, it was just – Incredible. I got to admit, that was a, from a personal standpoint. Yeah, that was amazing. Number one. I love your choice. Uh, I went with. I love uh, your choices. Yeah. These are good. I, I went with the first playoff game. People are, people are going to forget this over time. I went with the first playoff game last year. You had to beat the Galaxy. Yeah. Right. And I know, you know, obviously the Galaxy have seemingly been down. I'll whisper it because nobody really wants to talk about it. The Galaxy were probably the second or third best team in MLS by the time the playoffs good, rolled man. around last year. They were really good, and they were really dangerous, and that was a really good game, but we were just better. And just to see that again, to beat them in that way, I didn't think Austin was going to pose much of a problem, quite frankly, in the Western Conference Final. No disrespect to them. As you say, Max, they handled us in the regular season, but just the way we were on a roll, once we beat the Galaxy like that in that tough game, I, I kind of felt like it was definitely ours for the taking. And, you know, obviously it worked out. But that was a tremendous, just a tremendous game by LAFC. Beautiful. Well, well-crafted lists. Uh, I concur to your point about the Galaxy. They were primed. That was nervous moments. I'm sure we all felt it. Cherish that day. Celebrate it every year. And bring back the memories. Share your memories with us here. Back there? I think it- is that my ring? I think uh, yeah, I think I still have my oh, ring in the box there. I take it out every now and again. So oh yeah, I think so. Very yeah, nice, Dave. My championship Very ring, nice. baby. Oh. <laughs> Enjoy and let's do it again in 2023. We have a shot at it here, Dave. Great to chat with you. Great to have you on the podcast. We'll do it again soon, and hopefully, uh, we will be adding more stuff to your cabinet there. 
Matt, I appreciate it. Go black and gold. Let's go black and gold. Thanks to everyone who's tuned in. We'll keep you connected to the club between now and whenever the season goes, hopefully December 9th at MLS Cup uh, TBD. We'll see you then. On behalf of everyone here, Dave Denholm joining us here in the podcast. A reminder to rate, review, download, subscribe, tell a friend. We'll see you next time on Inside LAFC Podcast.